So we're going through a series on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, and we've hit faithfulness this morning. Um, so I'm going to pray. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Matthew 25. And you can open that up. It'll come up on the screen, but if you have a Bible with you, that is where we're going to be. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you um, just for your presence with us. Uh, thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us, um, that you, you never change. There's not even a shadow of turning in you, God. Um, so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd come and, and meet with each one of us. We ask that you'd fill us again, challenge us, change us, um, make us more fruitful, God. Yeah, develop fruit in us that remains, that goes a different distance, God. We want to leave a legacy. We want to make a difference. Um, and we want to live lives that honour you, Jesus. Um, so we ask it in your name. Amen. So this whole series is about abiding in Jesus, you know, really where we landed worship actually is we abide in him, living in him, um, and that we live filled with and led by the Holy Spirit, actually that we would bear fruit. That was a really simple promise Jesus makes in that passage. If you abide in me, you will bear fruit, and it's fruit that remains. Um, it continues, and, and that's the idea. It's actually it, fruit that remains is really important. It's not a flash in the pan, like an, an occasional fruit that's you know, here for a season and gone again. It's actually, these are increasingly um, part of our character and they mark our lifestyle, our thoughts, our behavior, and it, and it goes a distance, it remains. And, um, so, and faithfulness, I think, is a really, really important fruit in that context. You know, if we're gonna have fruit, fruit that remains, we have to learn what it is to be faithful, to stick with things, to stick with one another. Um, and so that's what we wanna look at this morning. So we're gonna look at the parable of the talents, um, which is in Matthew 25, um, Second half of the chapter, starting in verse 14. So I'll read that and then I'm going to pull some stuff out of that. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples, explaining things about the kingdom and the kingdom life. Um, so he says, again, it will be like a man who's going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who'd received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who'd received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who'd received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you'd not sown and gathering where you'd not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I'd not sown and gather where I'd not scattered seed. Well then, you, have put, um, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has 10 bags, for whoever has, has will be given more. They will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a little bit tricky to finish on. Um, so we're going to get that. I want to, I want to pull out a few things. Um, so essentially, this, this is a story um, Jesus is talking about, um, about people who are living and following Jesus in between the, from Jesus' 
first time on earth to when he comes again. So he's saying, listen, there's a master who, who comes, who goes away on a long journey, entrusts his wealth to his servants. That's you and I. We're entrusted with his wealth, but one day he's coming back. So it's about living in between those times of Jesus' first coming and when he comes again. Um, and talents, the parable of the talents, was basically was a, an amount of finance. It was a weight um, so other translations call it the parable of the bags of gold. So in this context, it's financial. Um, but, but I think the spiritual principles of faithfulness and reward I mean, and then using what we've been given, I think we can apply that elsewhere, although definitely the, it, is, you know, it is a financial um, setup that he's talking about. And so you have these three servants, and they're given different amounts. Now, initially, like I know for some people, like even that is like, that doesn't sound like God's fair. Like even that can be a bit of a stumbling block for some of us. But I don't think it is. Like, I do not think it is that that is an indication of God loving anybody any more or less than anyone else. It isn't that. Um, but it is that realization of, listen, do you know what? When we start off, our, you know, start off walking with the Lord, we have different amounts. Like, and that, that's okay. Like, you don't need to feel, you know, proud if you are one, you feel like you've got more. You don't need to feel ashamed if you, like, it's not about, you know, God's love and value and acceptance of you. It isn't that. But it is about this, hey, listen, do you know what? We are loved equally by God, but we have different amounts. We've talked about actually this different measure that God's given us. And, and in this context, it says in, in the parable that actually he gave different amounts according to their ability. Um, now, I don't think that's the only factor, but obviously one of the things is, listen, God loves you. He knows you. Actually, he knows what you can handle with where you're at right now. And so he's going to give you that. Um, but it isn't about your value to him, the one, the two, and the five. It isn't. So we have to get past that as a first off. But the main gist of the story is, is essentially what these three servants did with the amount they were given and how the master responded to them. You know, and the, the thing it's so important that we understand is, listen, the issue is nothing to do with numbers. It's nothing to do with the amount. But it's everything to do with obedience and trust and faithfulness. It's not to do with numbers, okay? It's about responsibility, essentially. Actually, what are you going to do with what's given you, with what God has given you in the season of life you're in right now, whether it's one or two or five bags? The, the number is not important. The issue is, are you taking responsibility? What are you going to do with what you have? Um, and so we see the two different ways... Um, the servants. So they have the two servants, the one with the five and the two, they invest, invest it, they use it. It says they put their money to work and they did something with it. But then you see the other servant who buried it, he sat on it. So it's essentially, it's two really simple ways. So you've been given an amount, the issue is what are you going to do with it? Are you going to use it or are you going to bury it? Um, you know, and, they, and it, what they did came out of kind of the condition of their heart. You have two servants who were faithful. And the other one was fearful, you know, and fear is going to always be the thing that holds us back from being faithful. Faithful servants are going to use and invest what they've got. Fearful servants are going to bury it. And we, you know, we're no longer slaves to fear. We've been given the gift of faith. Like we're not to be fearful, we're to be faithful. So the simple principle is this, being faithful with what you have, regardless of the amount, which is nothing to do with anything, being faithful with what you have is what qualifies you for more. Really simple, but really profound principle. Be faithful with what you have. However much we start with, um, you know, the kingdom of God is about increase. I'm convinced of that. I believe that entirely. It's totally biblical. Actually, the increase of his government and of peace, there'll be no end. It's about increase. Um, but it's not just that doesn't happen automatically with no involvement on our part. You know, we've, we kicked off this series. We looked at, listen, folks, there's a partnership. This fruit is going to is going to grow in our lives 
as we abide in Jesus, but there is a partnership of God working stuff in us and us working it out. It requires faithfulness on our part to see that increase, okay? It really does. And so you see the first two of the servants with the two and the five, they put their money to work. They were faithful and they got an increase. They got two more and five more. And and the, the thing that you know makes it really clear, listen, it's not about numbers, it's not about hierarchy, is that both those servants, one had two, got another two, so he ended up with four. One started with five, he got another five, he got ten. But they both got exactly the same words, the same reward, the same affirmation um, from the master. He says this, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. You, you've been faithful with what I've given you, so I'm going to give you some more. I'm going to trust you with more. Um, I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. It wasn't that the one who ha- had ended up with 10 got a greater re- reward or more affirmation. Or, like, it was the same. It was because the reward and the increase was based on their faithfulness, not on the maths. It wasn't 10's more than 4, so it, it wasn't that. Um, the reward was for their faithfulness, and that was enough. That was more than enough. And interestingly, you know, I, I think my favourite servant in these ones is the one with two in the middle. I'm the middle child, so I, like, I, I relate to the one in the middle. Um, actually, do you know, he didn't sit and mope and think, meh, that one's got five. It was actually like, right, what can I do with this? You know, he had one more than the one with one, but it's still like, what can I do with this? Um, he didn't sit around and mope because someone else had more. Um, and he was rewarded, or she was rewarded, for their faithfulness in exactly the same way as the, the one with five. So it's nothing to do with numbers. It's not about figures. Um, you see it again in the story of the widow's mite, in the story where Jesus is sat with his disciples, watching people coming in and out of the temple. Um, and you have lots of rich people coming in, you know, chucking a load of money in the offering. And then you have this poor widow. You know, widows were you know, pretty much the poorest people in society at that time. Um, and she came in and put this tiny amount, I mean, pence in today's terms, tiny little bit, um, and Jesus is watching all this and he says to his disciples, she, and this is the words in the Bible, she has put in more than all of them. Now numerically, financially, she totally hadn't. She put in way, way, way less. But actually, when what Jesus is wanting is faith, so he says, actually, when I come to the earth, am, am I going to find faith on the earth? It's not, am I going to find big offerings? Am I going to find faithful people? It's not about the numbers so Jesus says this beautiful thing. She has put in more than all of them. Her faithfulness in giving, really sacrificially, you know, it cost her way more than those rich people. But in Jesus' eyes, it counted for so much more, which is amazing. So it's like, listen, if we feel like, hey, we're the servants, sometimes we've got the one. It's, it's, it's fine. That's not the issue. The amount is not the issue. It's faithfulness that matters. You know, and faithfulness, I think, is... Um, Really, faithfulness is an activation of us as people of faith. And if we are faithful, we are full of faith. And it's a really proactive thing. The Greek word in this Galatians 5.22 is pistis, which is only three times translated as faithfulness. Most times, it's seen a lot in the New Testament, it's translated as faith. So it's sort of the same thing. Um, you know, and I think if, if we can think about this, okay, for me to be a faithful servant requires me to have faith, um, and I think it's important we have, understand what faith is. I think there are three elements of faith. Um, and I'm not convinced our faith is complete without any one of them. I think it's about believing. I think about trusting. And I think it's about loyalty. And we need all, all three of those things. Having faith in Jesus. So when Jesus says, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Was he saying, will I find people who believe in Jesus? 
Well, yes, but that's not all. Like, that is obviously a very important start. It matters that we believe the truth. So what I believe matters. So faith is definitely about belief. Um, but it's more than that. The next thing is actually it's about trusting as well. It's not enough for me to say, I believe in Jesus. Actually, I need to trust as well. You know, when James has, there's an amazing passage in James where he talks about faith and action. And he says, look, you show me your faith, awesome, I'll show you my deeds. Um, and he says, listen, you say you believe in God. Wonderful, even the demons do that. Like, it's, it's not enough. It's an important first step, but it's not the whole deal. So it's faith and trust. So it's believing in, but then actively stepping out onto, relying on, you know, risking, investing in the things that we say we believe. So it's like, you know, it's like this. You know, I can say I believe in aeroplanes, right? I believe in the principles of flight. I don't really understand it. Every time I look at a plane, I'm like, how does that get off the ground? It messes with my head, but I, like, I believe in it because I've seen them flying. So, but, but how I can have faith in terms of I believe in aeroplanes and the principles of flight, but trusting in it means I need to do something about it, which means I need to buy a ticket, get on a plane and sit my backside in a seat. That's trusting in flight as opposed to just believing. And the thing is, if we are just people of faith who just believe, but we don't trust this, we're not going to go anywhere. We're not going to get to where we need to go. So we need to have both those things. We need to believe, but we need to trust. We need to put our trust in the, the person that we say we believe in. Um, so faithfulness requires action. That's why James talks about this in, his, in that passage in, in the book of James. Hey, listen, believing isn't enough. He's not saying, show me your actions in, in terms of getting to a point of being saved. It's not that at all. But he's like, listen, if we, are, if we say we have faith, it has to have an outworking. There has to be action. Believing isn't enough on its own. That's not being fully faithful. It needs trust as well. But it also, I think, means loyalty. And this is where I think faithfulness is so important. That it's, do you know what? It's not about a flash in the pan. It's not about a momentary thing. It's about commitment and consistency and constant perseverance. Loyalty means I stick with it. I stick with you. Um, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to the Lord. I'm going to keep going. And that is essential for us to have fruit that remains. We have to be faithful. So, being faithful is being people of faith, which means I believe, I trust, and I'm loyal to. And we're going to unpack what some of that might look like in some context a little bit later. If we go back to the story, listen, in order for us to be faithful and to activate this faith that is in us, it is so important that we have a right view of God in order, you know, we need to know who am I trusting? Who am I believing in? Who am I being loyal to? Um, in order for us to be faithful with what he gives us, whether that's big or whether that's small. And you see this, you know, the servant who had the one, um, the problem was his complete wrong view of the master. He was fearful. So it completely hamstrung, it completely stopped him in any way being able to be faithful and to enter into the more and to have reward and to see increase because he was fe fearful. That servant did not know and understand the master and that fearfulness held him back. And so he buried what he was given. He did nothing with it. You know, it was of no benefit to him or the master or anybody else. You know, it did nothing. You know, and it is like the second half of that um, passage is potentially... a. It could be a kind of a tricky bit of scripture. Um, so when he says, you know, when he's kind of making his excuses, I suppose, he says, Master, I know you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. 
Um, and essentially the master says, well, listen, if that's who you think I was, if that's who you think I am, you should have at least put it in the bank. He kind of basically doesn't buy that excuse. Um, listen, I think it's really important. This passage of scripture is not describing what God's like. Like it's not. He's not a hard man. Like that's not God. We have to understand this is actually, this is how the servant saw the master. That was that servant's view of God. And because of that was his view of God, that was his expectation, and so that affected what he did. So his, fear, his wrong view of God meant he was consumed being fearful and totally unable to be faithful because it started off with this wrong view of God. But listen, that, that is not who God is. We have to understand that. Well, what does the Bible tell us about you know, it says he is a perfect father. It says, you know, Jesus says it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It says he's slow to anger and abounding in love. You know, and if we feel like sometimes we're the servant with one, there's this beautiful passage in Isaiah that says, listen, a, a bruised reed, he'll not break. A smoldering wick, he'll not snuff out. So you know, those times you feel like my faith is just about this candle kind of hanging on. It's not, you know, he's... Like that's such a beautiful picture. It's not that God's like, that is not enough. Snuff that out. You know, actually when we feel bruised and fragile, it's not, he's not gonna break us. He's kind, he's compassionate, he's patient with us. That's who God is. So I think it's really important, that passage in the parable, listen, that's not who God is. That's how that servant saw God, but that's wrong. That's not who God is. God's not harsh or fickle or unfair. He's unfailingly good and kind to us. So at times, if we feel like in certain areas, I am the servant with one, I really don't feel like I've got that much right now. Um, Listen, Jesus understands that. There's this wonderful passage in Hebrews 4 where it says, he's talking about Jesus and says, listen, we have a high priest who understands our weaknesses. He gets it. And the very next verse is, so come boldly in. Like, don't be, you know, we can't be more impressed with our weakness and our failings. And actually, we can't be. Actually, the invitation is, listen, come in to this wonderful high priest who understands our weaknesses and invites us to come close. Jesus understands that. So you have to have a right view of who God is. You have to know who your father is. He's with you. And what he's interested in is not the amount, but he is interested in your heart that is expressed in faithfulness towards him. He's not interested in just our hard work and the fruit of our labor and getting a return. Because you could read that passage and say, you know, actually God is just about getting a return. Like it's not. His heart is about faithfulness. And his heart, listen, is absolutely positioned to be generous towards us and for us to know increase and reward and to know that well done, like for us to know that affirmation. That's his heart towards us. And so we have to understand the second half of this passage in that term. Actually, look at the Bible and look at who God is and know that passage is describing what a fearful servant who didn't, didn't know his master and his fearfulness um, stopped him being faithful. But it is, listen, it, it, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's not okay for us to gloss over tricky bits of scripture. Um, listen, the reality is it is a stark warning that actually his fearfulness and his unfaithfulness, just in burying it, it he lost what he was given. Actually, what the master wanted to do was spread out his wealth and his intention was for increase. But listen, if we just sit on what we've been given, actually we run the risk of losing it. And you can't dress up that bit of scripture any other way. God is good. His purposes towards you are good, but that is what's there. Um, so take the bag of gold away from him. Give it to the one who will have 10. Again, don't take it. It's not about numbers. That one's only got one. Give it to the one with 10. I prefer people with more. Like, that's not it. It's about faithfulness. Um, so faithfulness is this activation 
of our faith. It's about believing and trusting and being loyal. It's nothing to do with the amount we've been given. It's simply about actually us taking responsibility um, about what we're going to do with what we've been given. And we have these choices. We can use it. We can invest it. We can spend it for the kingdom on the behalf of the lost and the, locust, the lost and the lonely. Or we can sit on it. You know, we can kind of, I suppose, enjoy that bag of gold on a Sunday morning and then we can bury it till next week. It's not good enough. That's not faithfulness. Um, and and we, I don't want any of us to lose it. Like, I want increase. I believe that for the kingdom to be increased in you and through you. But that is going to require faithfulness on our part. So if we're thinking in those terms, you know, I, I want to kind of, I guess I want to challenge you in terms of what does that need to look like where you're at right now? Like we have people from lots of different walks of life, lots of different life stages with, you know, different amounts in our hands right now. And listen, that's okay. And we're all deeply loved, perfectly accepted and entirely adored by Father God. Okay. But what are you going to do with what you've got? Actually, who, who am I to be faithful to? What am I supposed to be faithful with? What does that look like? Um, and so this parable is, is about money. Like the, the analogy that Jesus is using is about um, financial resource. And so I don't, think, I don't think that's not part of it. I think it definitely is. But like I said, I think there is um, a spiritual principle that is broader and is essentially saying, look at the resource that God's given you. Actually, look at the, in an, even the start of that parable, is actually the master wanted to spread out his wealth. So the, you know, it talks about the riches of our inheritance in Jesus. Actually, we have an amazing inheritance. Your life is an incredible gift and resource to the people around you and the people God's put you near. What are you going to do with it? Actually, think about that as a resource. So think about your time, your energy, your money. And listen, at different life stages, you definitely have more or less of any one of those things. And, and, but again, because amount isn't the issue, that needs to not be the determinant as to whether you're faithful or not. Like, it isn't. Okay, when, you know, when, you, when I was a student, I don't mean this, I mean, like, I did think I was busy. And I, and I know it feels like a pressure, but I like genuinely and then you kind of then life catches up and you're like oh now I'm really busy but there's certain life stages some of you students genuinely you have got more time and energy than I have and that's amazing what are you going to do with it you might not have money but that's okay it'll come but like different life stages actually you know time when I was at home with two preschool kids I did not have much energy at all. But what am I going to do with what? Like in, so if you look over the, the course of my 40 years, like at different points and different life stages, I've had more or less of any one of those things. And that's okay. God understands that. And he's not, you know, he's not expecting impossibility. He, but he's like, actually, what are you going to do with what you have right now? Whether that's one bag or 20, it's just not the issue. So the, the things that he's given you, the people in your lives, actually the... Like the talents, like the, the passion that Florence has had since a five-year-old drawing floor plans. That's really weird. I love it, though. But actually, what, you know, what, you, what about those, those dreams, those calling, those gifts, those practical skills that you've got that I don't have? Your family, your children, your home, that is a resource that's not just for you. How are you being faithful with your husband and your kids? And how, how are you being faithful with what God has entrusted you with right now? Don't disparage it because it's little. Don't be selfish with it if it's a lot. How are you being faithful with it? The whole resource of your life. Let's look at some other ones. Finances. It's definitely, like this parable is about finances. How are you being faithful with what given, God's given you financially? Now, tithing is the first level of faithfulness with our finances. 
Like that's an element of faithfulness which is about loyalty. It's not, hey, I tithe for a couple of years and I know that was a season and now I'm on to something else. Like actually it is 101 faithfulness is, is the tithe belongs to the Lord in the local church. It does. And honestly, my heart is, well, why wouldn't you? It says in... Um, it says in the Old Testament, when God's challenging his people with the tithe, he's like, listen, test me in this. See if I don't open up heaven and bless you if you bring in, if you are faithful with the whole tithe. So why would I, if there's a promise of an open heaven of blessing, why would I sidestep away from that and say, Man, no, thank you. Like, that's crazy to remove myself from that way. But it, listen, it is faithfulness. And, and so there's an element sometimes of faithfulness which is about the continuous. Do you know what? I'm just going to keep going. Um, so it's not that a seasonal thing. I was faithful with my tithe for three years and now I'm having a pause. Listen, when you, you know, it isn't also that actually I'll be faithful with the tithe when I've got more disposable income. That's not, not it either because it's not about amounts. And I want to encourage you guys, particularly around transition from you know, student to actually having an income, I want to encourage you, start as you mean to go on. But there is that, so there's that idea of faithfulness that's continuous, but it's, that's not the only way we're faithful with our finances. There's faithfulness in the moment as well. That's, Sarah, why don't you pay for that lady's shopping? Why don't you put 50 quid through that person's door? Why don't you give to the, that mission organisation or that charity? Like, actually, that... Holy Spirit led in terms of, I want you to give, I want you to sow. That kind of faithfulness to our finances in generosity is just as important as our kind of continuous, loyal faithfulness with the tithe. And the promise is more. Actually, we're faithful with the little. He's going to give us more. How about being faithful to his word and his standard? Listen, if you read the New Testament, it covers everything. It covers everything about our lives. It covers finances. It covers how we deal with people in authority. It covers marriage. It covers sex. It covers alcohol and drinking. It covers everything. There is a very clear standard what God is, is requiring of us as his sons and daughters. And listen, am I faithful to it? Are you faithful to it? And, and where, you know, where would the Lord say, hey, do you know what? Right now, I want to challenge you on this. Actually, it's not good enough to believe his word. I need to trust it. And I need to be loyal to it consistently because I know his plans for me are good so I can be faithful to what his word says. And I'm not going to go into any more detail of that, but like, you know what the Bible says. And, and I encourage you, be faithful to his word, to his standard. How about being faithful to his call on our lives? You know, there are things that we are, we're all called to. We're all called to be generous. We're all called to look after the poor. We're all called to... Um, you know, read the Bible and, and meditate on God's word. We're all called to um, meet as part of corporate worship. We are all called to be ready to tell people about Jesus. There's stuff we're all called to do, right? But there's some stuff that you know, I know this is what I live for. Like, I know this is part of what God's put me on the planet for. And that is, you know, uniquely important to you. Um, how are you being faithful to that? And it, do you know what? The times when it's most important is when you not necessarily feel like you're running or walking in that. And I would encourage you, how are you being faithful with what's in front of you right now? Actually, I think, you know, Florence testimony is beautiful in terms of her being faithful with God's call on her life. And she's not an architect yet, but she's being faithful with that place that he's got her in that phase of the journey. She's being faithful with it. And I'm convinced God's going to reward and trust her with more because she's being faithful with where she's at. So how, how are you being faithful with what's in front of you right now? where God's got you right now, even if you feel like this is not forever, even if you feel like this is not everything I'm dreaming about and called to, because listen, it is an essential training ground. And that, that sort of period of time and that faithfulness to just 
to serve and to do what's in front of you is actually so often what qualifies us, prepares us, and releases us into what's next. And I, I, don't, think there's a, I don't think there's a detour. I think that, that faithfulness to serve God, we can miss out on so much because we're not faithful in the moment. Because, but this is what I'm called to. But there's this coming. It's like, listen, but I'm not sure you're going to get there unless you're faithful here. That's what happened with this fearful servant is he missed out because he wasn't faithful in the moment. So think about how am I being faithful to the things that God's called me to do? And even if you feel like I haven't got that much, maybe you know, do you know what? I've got a real heart for young mums, but you know, I've got three small kids and I've got no time. Like, I feel like I don't have very much. Listen, it's not about the amount, but it's about saying, Holy Spirit, how can I be faithful to that bit of your call? Who's the one mum on the playground that maybe I can just reach out to and just start somewhere be faithful with what you've got in your hands right now in the life stage God's got you at how about being faithful in relationships faithful with people um you know think about the people that you have connection with you have opportunities with with your family you know with maybe neighbors maybe social groups sports clubs maybe at work actually what does it what does it need to look like for you to be faithful to them to be faithful with the incredible inheritance that God's given you how can you be faithful with that, with the people that God's got you in relationship with? How can you, um, how can you be faithful to invest in you know, that particular friendship or that parent on the playground or that particular person in the office? And listen, I'm gonna, this is a slight detour, but it's so important. If we're understanding about faithfulness, we really do need to understand about kind of seasons and capacity as well. Like understand the season you're in. I got things horribly wrong by trying to be superwoman for a while and it went badly wrong when I realized I wasn't. Um, you have to be okay with, listen, this is, this is the capacity I've got right now. This is the amount I've got right now. The important thing is knowing what is God asking of you? Because he, he's not going to kill you. He's not going to ask you something that's going to floor you. But actually, there's this balance between me knowing, there's this beautiful phrase in the message translation. If you know when Jesus says in Matthew, now come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. The message translation says, come to me, learn from me, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It took me 35 years to learn what that even slightly meant and I'm way better at it now and I'm so much more healthy now because I've learned those unforced rhythms of grace in terms of, listen, you can't be everything to everybody but you can be somebody to some people. So who is God asking you to be faithful towards? So on the one hand, this is understanding about actually capacity and the, the life stage and the season I'm in right now but on the other hand, it is understanding about, listen, sometimes we need to stretch. Okay, I could get my physio geek on and talk to you about stretching, but listen, stretching is uncomfortable and I don't think our capacity is static. Like I don't think, you know, I think if this whole thing about the kingdom increasing, actually it's about growth and it requires sometimes stretch. So it's understanding your capacity and equally understanding sometimes that's gonna cost me. I'm gonna have to stretch a bit beyond with maybe what I'm comfortable with, maybe what I'm used to. And listen, the safe way of navigating those two things is to be entirely led by Holy Spirit. Who are you asking me to go to? Who are you asking me to give to? And listen, that's, that's a safe place to walk. Sometimes that's gonna feel like a stretch, but that's okay. But that's what it needs to look like for us to be faithful in relationships with people and not waiting till I've got more free time. Actually, what can I do with what I've got at the moment? Not waiting till maybe they initiate with me. Maybe you need to make the first move. Because like, there's this element to faithfulness which is about consistency. You know, so faithfulness in marriage is not a seasonal thing. It's not like, I was faithful to Phil for five years, go me. 
Like, well, I've not been faithful then. Like, faithfulness is an ongoing in marriage. It's, it's a covenant commitment. Do you make this really big promise on your wedding day, forsaking all others till death us do part? I'll be entirely faithful to this one person. It's not a seasonal, situational thing. Um, it's actually, it's about this long-haul commitment to I am with you in it for the long haul, being faithful to people. How about being faithful in prayer? It's one of the very specific things that um, in Romans 12, 12, it specifically says we're to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Listen, it's something we always need to keep coming back to. Actually, I need to be faithful in prayer. I need to get hold of the power of prayer. Actually, that it influences and it changes things and I need to keep going. It's that loyalty piece of faith that, listen, I believe and I trust and I'm gonna just keep going. Um, and, and know that actually, if you feel like, in terms of the capacity, in terms of the, maybe the resource of your life, time, energy, money, you maybe feel like, oh, I am definitely the servant with one right now. Listen, you know, prayer is an amazing resource in your life. How can you be faithful in prayer? And no, it's never wasted. You know, the, the most stellar example I have of faithfulness in prayer is my grandparents. Um, Emma and I's mum's parents were amazing Christian people who prayed for us and our other two sisters every day of our lives, like literally every day, which still staggers me. Every single day they prayed for us. And, you know, if we're talking about the legacy of our life, actually, I want my life to count and I want it to go beyond me genuinely some of the fruit of my grandparents' life is actually is me and Emma and my sisters and then their faithfulness to pray. You know, I'd come back from university and they'd take us out and they'd be like, we're praying for you, darling. Every morning after breakfast, we're praying for you. What a privilege. And listen, some of you are called, to, we're all called to be faithful in prayer. Some of you are called to be faithful like that. And listen, it changes things. Like I'm convinced the direction of our lives, our marriages, our children, so much of what's in my life is good is the faithfulness of God, but it is the faithful prayers of my grandparents, and I'm consistently blown away by it. You know, I've told you this before. I'll brag about my grandparents forever. I loved them. But, you know, the very last time I saw my gramps before he died, he'd been in a nursing home for 18 months. He'd been bed-bound for a long time. He'd been, so my granny was in a rest home, you know, so 60 years married, and they were separated for the last year, and it was really tough. Um, but I'd gone to see him. It was weird. I knew, I knew it was the last time I was going to see him. It was really funny, but... He, um, he said when we went, he said, Sarah, why don't we pray? And um, so he prayed like he did. And this little frail man in his jammers on his oxygen, and he, and he said these words. He said, Father, we come to you in our frailty, but always trusting in your great faithfulness. And you're like, like and I, I tell you that story, and I know I've told you a lot, but it marked me. Honestly, it did something in me. I was like, do you know what? I am going to finish well. He finished so well. He was so frail and weak, but he finished so full of faith. And so faithful. And listen, my granddad's ability to be faithful daily in prayer was because he was convinced of the faithfulness of God. And genuinely, it marked me. And so listen, our faithfulness to God, to the things that he's calling us to do, is, is all about our faith in, our belief in, our trust in God who is faithful it has to come out of an unfailing confidence in his faithfulness. It has to come out of this right view of God. He's faithful. Seasons are hard sometimes. Sometimes we don't feel like we've got very much, but God is faithful. So I can be faithful. Because he's faithful, I'm not fearful. So I can use, I can invest what he's given me um, rather than hide it. So our ability to be faithful in prayer is because God's faithful to listen and answer. 
Actually, my faithfulness with my finances is because God's faithful to provide and bless me. And I'm convinced of it. You know, my faithfulness in lifestyle choices, you know, actually waiting for a Christian husband or wife, like choosing what I watch on TV, any of those things, the choices we make are because, listen, he's faithful. His plans for me are good to give me a future and a hope. So if it costs me in the short term, I know there's increase in the long term. He's faithful so I can be faithful. He is faithful to fulfill his call on your life. And whether it looks like the peace you're doing right now is so separate or seems so little in comparison to maybe the things that you're dreaming of. He's faithful to fulfill his call on your life, but it requires you to be faithful right now. So listen, folks, we get it wrong. If with any of these things, any of these areas where God's saying, this, that's not an exhaustive list by any stretch, but any of the ways that God's asking us to be faithful, we get it the wrong way around if we feel like um, we need to wait until we have more in order to start being faithful. That's completely missing the point. The whole point of this parable, I think, is Jesus is saying is, listen, start with what you have, be faithful with what you have. It's not about amount. It's about a position of our heart. Say, well, God, I trust you. I'm going to be faithful with what you've given me. It's about taking responsibility. What am I going to do with what I've been given? It's about committing to be faithful with what he's given me, where he's placed me, and what he's asking of me right now regardless of how much or how little that feels like. And, and the reason we can do that is because he is faithful. He is faithful to provide, to bless, to cover, to increase and to reward our faithfulness. Um, but listen, to get to where we're going, we have to learn to be faithful. So why don't you stand? I'd love us to pray for each other. I am, you know, I really feel like um, for some of us, we need that, um, kind of need that revelation my gramps had. Just never, we're just always trusting in his great faithfulness. Every morning, if there's new mercies, his faithfulness is great. And I think sometimes we, we need to remind ourselves of that again. So Father, I ask that you would come and would you give us a right view of you? God, we don't want to be fearful servants we want to be faithful sons and daughters so father would you give us a right view of you god that you're good you're generous you're patient your grace is so much more than sufficient your grace is abundantly poured out towards us father we want to see you as you really are and God, so I pray that, um, yeah, God, any, any people who feel like that servant with one and in any way feel fearful, any way feel overlooked, any way feel um, what they have is insufficient or insignificant, we just break that off in Jesus' name. God, that we would know your faithfulness. We'd see you as you really are, but we'd see ourselves as you see us, that we are loved sons and daughters with a rich inheritance. And Father, we want to commit to being faithful. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd come and show us what we've got in our hands. God, ask for each person here that they would like just see again, actually, well, where have you got me, God? What are you calling me to do? What have, you got in my, what have I got in my hands right now? How can I be faithful with that? Yeah, Father, I thank you that... Um, 
God, you understand our weaknesses, where we feel fragile, maybe, where we feel like our faith is like a smoldering wick. Thank you, God, that your heart is to breathe life. Your heart is to give us a fresh start. Your, your heart is to give us another dose of hope. Thank you, God, you never give up on us. Thank you that your, yeah, every mistake, just it just pales into insignificance compared to your amazing grace that forgives and covers and redeems and restores. So God, we just say we're so thankful. Lord, I am so thankful for your faithfulness to me, to my family, to this church. And God, I, I, want to, I want to commit again to being faithful with everything you've given. God, the whole resource of my life, I say it's yours. God, we want to spend that on behalf of your kingdom. We want to invest it gladly in your kingdom without an just without a scrap of fear or insecurity because we know what a faithful God we serve. So Father, I want to trust this church family into your hands. I want to trust their finances, their marriage, their health, their jobs, their brokenness, their struggles, their victories, their finances. God, I trust this church family into your hands. We know you are a faithful, faithful God. And so Lord, we trust you. We love you. We love being yours. So I pray, Father, for a, just a ripening, a, an acceleration in the, in the fruit of faithfulness in our lives, God. I ask that that would become a mature fruit in every one of our lives. In Jesus' name.